All right, here we go. That was that was almost an echo. Uh, episode two ten of Living Off the Land. Uh, I am Dan, your host with co-host Stephen, and uh, we've got a uh, we've got a third arm to the episode tonight, all the way down from uh, Columbus, Ohio. He's been on the show multiple times before. Uh, actually, our good friend and former Mustang brethren, Jordan Hoffman. Jordan, how are we? Oh, happy to be amongst uh, friends and former Mustangs. Happy to be celebrating my uh, fourth appearance, I believe. Green and white, let's fight. Hey, everybody, y'all green. And, uh, Great. <clears throat> um, full disclosure, I uh, I pulled the rookie mistake again by opening my beer before uh, before we started, so I am double fisting. Uh, who knows where this episode's going to go, but uh, just full warning, there you go. And we're going all in. That's a, sure. All right. Um, <laughs> the beer of the week this week uh, was a uh, Jordan Hoffman selection. Uh, we we talked before, and we were trying to find a trying to find a beer that we could f- both find uh, in Columbus and in Cleveland, and we found one. It was a Cleveland beer. It is a Cleveland beer. It's from our good friends over at Fatheads Brewery, and it is uh, their Mexican style lager. Called lager, 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 lager. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going through my, going through my, uh, going through my accents here. Uh, Mexican style lager. It's called Lime Feeling Good from Fatheads Brewing Company. Uh, let's go ahead and take a taste. Man, I'll tell you what. That's right. Did I just steal a base? Um. <clears throat> I'll tell you what, not not just talking about this one. I don't know if there's, I don't know if it's the weather getting better. Um, and by the way, uh, 82 degrees in Cleveland. Uh, what what was the weather like today in Columbus? Uh, I think we topped out just under 80 or right at. And, okay. Uh, it was gorgeous. Just an absolutely gorgeous day. Um, yeah. It. I don't know if it's the weather turning, but right now. I don't think anything for me can beat a really good Mexican-style lager. Whether that be something on the national scene like a Corona or a uh, Modelo or a Dos Equis, anything like that. Um, or if you're talking about the locals, you know, um, there are many, pretty much all the breweries now make a Mexican-style lager. But tonight we are drinking the Fatheads version, like I said, called Lime Feeling Good. And I think one of the reasons why I like this style of beers because very rarely does it delineate um, from like what you think it's going to be like when you get into like IPAs and like hazy IPAs and all these different kinds of beers like not one tastes like the other this is like I know what I'm going to get very straightforward I mean you're going to get a lager it's going to be crisp it's going to be refreshing. That's the You're word right there is crisp. There are, there's a good chance I will crush too many of these in too short of a oh. time. Oh. But fire in the I'm grill up on a Saturday. Great about it. <laughs> yeah, fire in the grill up on a Saturday and just sitting out on the patio or wherever you have your grill. Some people have it in their garage. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. I could I could see myself uh, taking down a taking down a lot of these. It is uh, it is described by fatheads as the mighty lime cerveza. It is four point nine percent alcohol by volume, seventeen IBUs. And uh, as they do on all of their beer cans, they like to let to tell you to chill out, man. Have a beer. So fatheads, That's exactly what you should do with this one. And I love, I love how uh, the fatheads mascot has the luchador mask uh, on, similar to like what you would see with like Rey Mysterio or any other uh, 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 Latino wrestler. <clears throat> so I like, I love the can. You know, it's very lime forward, uh, as most Mexican style lagers are, and. Um, yeah, I think last week I had Modelo because we were we were doing our Cinco de Mayo episode. They gave Modelo seven point three. Um, I might this might get the Cleveland bump for me. Mm. <laughs> a little uh, homerism. Yeah, just a little bit. You know, we're not biased here. You know, our our, our podcast isn't called Living Off the Land or anything. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, I wonder how many I wonder how many people that like randomly stumble on the podcast think it, think it's like some like agricultural. Uh, like podcast or something like that. I mean, it's like people, possible if they're just looking around on Spotify. I mean, or people who aren't whatever. from Cleveland or don't like think or uh, talk about Cleveland like in their daily lives, like only people from here call it the land, you know? right? And that's a re- that's a more recent thing. I think I think actually Dion Waiters from the Cavs was the first one to like actually say it like in public, and it just kind of stuck. And now you know all the athletes call it the land and. People on social media, it's like the cool thing to call your city now. Yeah, it was all the uh, athletes and the local celebrities, guys like Mike Mazan and, and uh, yeah. Nick Swisher that were, you know, honking hashtag the land at the uh, – Nick yeah. Swisher? Yeah. Yikes. It was bro Ohio as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Hi, hi Nick, if you're listening. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jordan, uh, how are – how did I ask you this already? Of course. <laughs> I forgot to put my my phone on silent. Ooh, that's how, two rookie uh, mistakes already. Yeah, it's really bad. How uh, how? What are your thoughts on this? I've got to agree with pretty much everything we've said. I mean, it's uh, the style itself, like you said, is just you crack it open. You're pretty sure you know what you're going to get. There might be a little something here and there that uh, might sway it one way or another um mm-hmm. but like you said it's got a good lime to it it's not overpowering it doesn't taste overly artificial i think that's yeah. what i'm impressed about because sometimes you get the lime infused or right. lime lagers and you just get that like late hit of what feels like the bottom of a bag of hinta lime tostitos and, oh, uh, oh this yeah is not that case this this tastes like it's got a lime floating in it, and I do not have any fresh produce. So late hit on the defense, fifteen yards, automatic first down. You know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I I totally agree with you. And uh, I was just thinking about, you know, I mean, it's ge- it's general knowledge that draft beer is better than canned or bottled beer, but um, I'm I would be really excited to have this on draft with a uh, with a with a hefty lime wedge uh, on the glass. Oh yeah. So, uh, what do you, what do you rate this? Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to have to go with, uh, a very nice score of 6.9. Uh, it's, it's crushable. Excellent. It's got a great crisp flavor to it. Like I said, and, uh, I could see myself getting in trouble with these very 
Mm. Shout out, Mr. Mates, if you're listening. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Mr. Mates. <laughs> hey, he anyway. could be listening up there too. Oh, no, sure, sure. We're big in we're big in heaven. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so six point nine for Jordan. Um, I'm I'm right around. I was I was right around uh, where I scored Modelo. But like I said, I think I'm gonna give it the I think I'm gonna give it the local bump, and I'm gonna go seven five on this. I really enjoy Ooh. this a lot. Um, it's kind of it's kind of hard to go on the real high end on a Mexican lager because they don't really differentiate that much between like a national brand or a local brand or whatever. But but I do agree with you, Jordan, that there it seems like this has more of like kind of an authentic lime flavor. At, at, like you were talking about, so that's that's another part of the reason why it gets the bump for me, and uh, yeah, I uh, is this is this a beer? I, obviously, it probably depends on the season, um, but is this a beer like if you were to go into a bar that maybe has fat heads on tap and you see this on tap and and you're like, ooh, I'm getting that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's right up there with. Um, I'm a big fan of the Great Lakes um, Mexican Lager with wine. Yes. And- I'd put this right up there with it, and yeah, if they had it, I'd probably be ordering it. Very nice, very nice, very nice. All right, so uh, uh, how much was this? I like I, in beer beer of the week recently. I, I've I've liked to give the price to the people so they know kind of what they're getting into if they want to go and try this. Do you remember I, what it was? I want to say ten ninety nine. Yeah, um, pretty basic for a craft six pack. At, yeah, you know, Giant Eagle, Kroger, whatever your local. Right. Grocery store is. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think that I think that's that's uh, what mine was. To be to be honest with you, uh, I just kind of like gave the guy the card and he swiped it. And he didn't even tell me. So it could be thirty bucks. I don't even know. I, I just gonna, I'm gonna have to check my bank statement later. Uh, but I think you're right. So um, that is beer of the week. Fatheads lime feeling good Mexican style lager. And remember, get out to Fathead's Brewery, the Brew Pub in North Olmstead, 24581 Lorraine Road. Also, the Industrial Style Brewery, 17450 Engel Lake Drive, Middleburg Heights, just off of I-71. The Beer Hall. Two awesome locations. Uh, you're going to have lots of fun if you go. Yeah, the Beer Hall's great. Um, good food, great smoked wings. Oh, they're so good. Um, and... Uh, Definitely the 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 brew the brew hall beer hall in uh, Middleburg Heights has essentially every single beer that they make on tap. So they do they do a lot of seasonals, they do a lot of limited editions, they do a lot of small batch stuff, and it's all generally really good. I I've I've rarely found uh, something at Fatheads that I've ordered and I've not liked. And like I usually say, it's it's mainly I don't like it because of personal personal preference. It's just not a style of beer that I like, but. Um, that doesn't mean that other people might not like it because everybody has different tastes. So, um, fatheads, lime feeling good. So that's beer of the week. And, uh, well, I'm just going to, this is something we talked about, uh, five minutes before we went on the air, but, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and come clean now because Jordan just, uh, Jordan just apparently, uh, diagnosed me with dyslexia because, I, I, I tried to shorten our better known neighborhood segment down when I've been posting the episodes and tried, you know, an uh, acronym. That's that's a- acronym, right? Yes. Shortening something. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a complete moron. Um, but so I've been I've been spelling it B-N-A-K. It's called better know a neighborhood. I, I switched the N and the K. B can, I think, really B-can. sounds 
better off the tongue too. Yeah. Oh, it, it does. It sounds better than beanack. I mean, you're a beacon ah. for these neighborhoods. Ah, look at you. In B can. Look at you. It's a thinking man. What happens when we leave things in the hands of Falcons, Dan? Oh God. Are we really gonna do this? Oh my. Friends don't let yeah, friends that, go to that, Toledo. That's that's going down a rabbit hole. I'm not sure we want to go down tonight. <laughs> oh, speaking it, of speaking it of Matt, would not be an appearance if I didn't bring. This is true. This is true. <laughs> it's it's it. You know, it's tit for tat. It's you know, just lobbing lobbing softies back and forth. Did you guys happen to see? I know you did because we're in a text chat with with our brothers. Did you see Akron's new logo? Oh goodness! You're gonna have to look I can that only up. Imagine it's awful. Um, if you like creativity. You're going to hate this. <laughs> wow. So you see it? That is... Um... It's it's an A wearing a backwards hat. I can't even give it that. It's just serifs, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a hat going on. At least, like, Fear the Rue had something to right. it or having or you know, I'll, listen in it. I'll give but, them. Yeah. I'll give them this. Well, I I liked the Z logo because that was unique. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing that like in this country, that's like a Z. The only one that the only thing that you could consider close is Wazoo, Washington State, but they don't have a Z logo. No. Like this is just no. literally like so, like they had somebody like I, I guarantee you the same people that that designed the Indians rebrand probably did this. I was just going to ask which rebrand is better, the Guardians or Akron? Uh, <laughs> uh, neither. I, that's over two. I mean, they're both bad, but this— At least this, the Akron one's not a flying baseball. True. I will give them that. But this literally or, looks like you forgot <laughs> to do it. And so yeah, you right. Just went, you went into Word— yeah, and typed out all the A's, and then just was like, "I'm going with that." Yeah, it's like it's like uh, you're you're in college, and you go out on a Friday night, and you forgot that you have to turn in an assignment online by midnight, and you're like out at the bars at like eleven o'clock, and you're like, "Holy crap, I'm about to flunk this class." Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, Shout God. out to Mike and Anthony, by the way, our special guests on uh, episode two hundred, uh, former Akron Zips. <laughs> that sucks. I just looked at the helmet, and it's even worse. <laughs> this whole they don't even have the gold anymore. It's more just like a yeah. tarnished beige. Yeah, that's just wow. Yeah, just when you thought Akron football couldn't get worse. Hey, oh, this that's something we can all agree on. <laughs> yes, they have it's been a... pathetic for a Not long time. Not to turn this into an Akron podcast, but can you? <laughs> I can't. I I can't imagine a program doing more with or doing less with more. For them having far and away the greatest recruiting tool you have in the MAC by having the far and away the best uh, facility, and their co- college that's located in an urban area as well, yeah, which I think helps. Wild, wild. But anyway, yeah. So I have you know better know a neighborhood. This Be whole can. this whole rebrand by Akron seems very hastily done, in my opinion. And I, I have a theory as to why this happened. I don't know if you guys want to hear it. It kind of veers off the path a little bit. Yeah. We're already off the rails. So so their previous logo was the Z logo, right? Yeah. Well, right now, Z is basically the symbol that's being used by Russia in their invasion of Ukraine. I feel like Akron very hastily ditched the Z in part because of that. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I I just— They should change their name then. They shouldn't be the Zips anymore. Yeah. Kangaroos just doesn't roll off the tongue. Call them, call them the, 
could call him the Ruse. Actually, that would be better. The Akron Ruse. Although, although the last uh, decade and a half, their football team's been a giant ruse. If you get, if you catch my drift. Hey-o. <laughs> anyway, um, I love I love uh, trashing my brother's uh, school when they're not here to defend themselves. Yeah, <laughs> full disclosure. I mean, if they were here, they'd be talking about their conference title and NCAA double play trip in basketball. But nobody cares. We don't, about we don't need to dwell about that. Anyway, <laughs> we've already teased it twice. Uh, better know neighborhood. Be can. Be can. Um, <laughs> we're actually going outside the Cleveland city limits for the second time. Yep. Uh, tonight, um, we're going to an area that some would call the penalty box of Cle- of Cuyahoga County. Hence, okay. with the NHL theme tonight. Um, <clears throat> I could even go so far as back to Russia, Ukraine, and say that's part of this. What's area. not? Okay, I'm not going to go there. Uh, anyway, the penalty box of Cuyahoga County is considered by many to be the city of East Cleveland. Mm. This is an area that Mike Polk Jr. in his hastily made Cleveland tourism video said, don't slow down in East Cleveland or you'll die. <laughs> so, you know, we are, the as you said, Jordan, we try to be the beacon, the the uh, the very hopeful shining light of, uh, shining light on a lot of these neighborhoods and sure. suburbs that um, are some of them are 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 legitimately grand and some are are you know less so this definitely being one of them but i'm going to do my best here tonight um the, and we start with the geography and i gotta tell you the geography is very aggravating of of this particular area it doesn't really the the borders of east cleveland don't tend to follow streets in most areas So I'm just going to kind of paraphrase here. East 125th Street is mostly its western border. Lakeview Cemetery, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, is mostly along the southern border. The eastern border kind of runs along Forest Hill Boulevard and the Forest Hill Park. And then the northern border just kind of runs along between Noble Road, Belvoir Boulevard, and then Ivanhoe Road and Woodworth Avenue in the north. It just kind of zigzags in a couple of different places. But that's uh, looks like a Tetris block, actually, if you were to look at it on a map. Hmm. So I mentioned Lakeview Cemetery before. This is the cemetery that separates East Cleveland from Little Italy, which actually we really haven't talked about yet, but we will on a future episode. Probably uh, in August. This, <laughs> this is the largest cemetery in Cuyahoga County. It is the resting place of for, former presidents uh, Warren Harding and James Garfield as well as our uh, recent former congressional representative, Stephanie Tubbs-Jones. Uh, it goes for nearly three square miles uh, and is really quite unbelievably scenic if you've actually been inside the grounds. Uh, this is basically the area in between Mayfield Road and Euclid Avenue. Uh, Hermes actually, oddly enough, does a, does a road race in that cemetery every year, and it might be one of the most hilly and most difficult on the circuit. As you get north of there, the main commercial corridor in East Cleveland is along Euclid Avenue. Uh, it's mostly just, you know, your standard fare, McDonald's, Taco Bell, uh, DTLR, just, you know, a lot of uh, lower income kind of stuff. DTLR? DTLR is like a slightly lower income version of like a Foot Locker or Lids oh. or, you know, something of that nature. It's, it's a fashion shop. 
Um, Shaw High School basically sits almost dead center of the dartboard in East Cleveland. It is by far the nicest looking building in the town. Uh, beautiful glass facade. I mean, it Beer looks, too. It's uh, way nicer than Strongsville's building, I have to say. Hmm. Uh, oddly enough, it looks very out of place actually compared to the rest of the block there. But it's it is gleaming. And in fact, the probably the second nicest building in the whole city is Windermere Rapid Station, which is not too far away from there. That's the end of the red line, which runs all the way from the airport all the way up to East Cleveland. And then just to the northeast of there, you come to one business that I really have to point out because I talk a lot about we talk a lot about pizza. On this podcast, uh, mm-hmm. we talk about Il Rione, we talk about Angelo's, we talk about uh, Pizza 216 and some of the uh, other places in the city. I think this spot is right up there with almost any pizza spot in the city, in the county, actually. I'm talking about Angelo Mia's Pizza. Never heard of it. Angelo Mia's actually has two locations. The original location is in East Cleveland on Euclid Avenue. The other location is in Richmond Heights. And this place is known for pizza that has – I don't know, if Dan, if you'd even like it really because you like crispy, like more thin crust crispy pizza. This is more of your like almost deep dish type uh, doughy kind of a pizza, and they, they throw a lot of cheese on it. That's the one thing that they're known for. I'm out, Jerry. I'm out. And their meats are usually like cut up really, really small. Like you won't get whole pepperonis or – at this place, and they stick them under the cheese almost in in pieces. Um, it's really so unique. Is it, so is it similar to like deep dish? Yeah, it, it's probably it's not outright deep dish, but it's it's similar too. Yeah, I'm out. Yes, I'm out. So okay, well, we know Dan's not on board, but I had this. So I used to work at the GE facility at uh, Neela Park, which I'm actually. All right, I was I was trying to go through my brain why you would ever. Why, why you would have ever gone to a pizza just, place in East Cleveland or Richmond Heights? It's just outstanding. I mean, it, I, I you just not taking my word for it. it, it I mean, I I, put, I rank it third behind Il Rione and Angelos for as my favorite spots in in Cuyahoga County. Wow, quite frankly, I'm not gonna lie, it looks fantastic just from the Google pictures. Yeah. the Googles. All right, let me let me let me take a look at the keep keep going. I'll take I'll I'll Google it myself. Sure. Um, I just mentioned it. Um, one of the oldest businesses uh commercial campuses in the city is on noble road it is the general electric facility at neela park this was originally founded as the national electric light association in 1915 and then was absorbed by general electric a few years later there was actually a time capsule that was actually buried there in 1915 that was opened in 2015 unfortunately the year before i started at general electric so i was not there to see that uh which brought up a whole bunch of the interesting items and memorabilia from the very early days of electricity. Um, this place actually every December has maybe the best Christmas light display in all of Cuyahoga County in truth. Hmm. And there's two days every year. I think it's like the Saturday before Christmas. And then like, I think the Saturday between Christmas and new year's where they actually let the community onto the Neela campus and to actually because most of the time you can only just see it from the road, but they actually have community events on those two Saturdays where they let people in. And this Angela, really this Angela Mia place, it's on Euclid. Yes. Okay. It is. No, I got it. I got yeah. it. I got it. But yeah. Um, eh. <laughs> pizza purist over there. Oh, I'm a pizza snob. I, the, 
yeah, just because I'm saying eh doesn't mean it's not good. Like Steve, de- <laughs> Steve described the style to me, and it's not my style. I'm yeah. a very much a pizza purist. So if I if I'm doing if I'm doing something that's thick, like a pizza, like a doughy thick, Detroit style all friggin' day. Jets, fantastic. I love Jets. Um, I think uh, former co-host uh, Jordan and I are gonna plan a uh, pizza pil- pilgrimage to Detroit. We're gonna we're gonna. I think it's gonna be whenever the Guardians are in Detroit playing a series on the weekend, and uh, we're gonna try a bunch of uh, Detroit style pizzas, uh, like Buddy's. I know I know you're familiar with Detroit. Have you ever, have you ever had Buddy's pizza, Jordan? Personally, no. I don't re- I don't recall ever having that. Yeah. Supposedly that's like that's like the goat up there in uh, up there in Detroit. So, and I love Detroit. I, I, for being thick, I like Detroit style pizza because it's it's very light, it's very airy, and it's got that caramelized cheese crust on the outside, which is absolutely fantastic. So sorry, I, I didn't mean I, to I can't that. I can't disagree with you at all on that. I I do enjoy great Detroit style pizza. Angela Mia's is at 15811 Euclid Avenue, East Cleveland. Also, 728 Richmond Road, Richmond Heights. Richmond! So, definitely check them out. And that pretty much is everything I wanted to cover in this segment. Uh, yeah. That's East Cleveland. That was our second suburb that we have done now besides Parma. That's right. East Cleveland is actually not part of the city of Cleveland. Some people think it is, but it's not. If you're wondering, if you're wondering about yeah, East Cleveland, just just drive just and you and you live south of Cleveland. Just drive into downtown, make a right on like Euclid or Chester, and just keep going east, and per- you'll and you'll go much. and you'll go into. Basically, if you've hit uh, Cleveland Clinic main campus, you're right in there. As soon as you go past the Uptown District of University Circle, it's like literally you go underneath the train tracks just past the last building in Uptown, and it's the difference between the neighborhood is unmistakable. It's almost like you've gone from one country to another. If you've you've gotten to Severance Hall, you've gone too far. Hmm. Anyway, that is that, and you can put it on the board. Yes. The B-Can board. Yeah. The B-Nack board anymore. You put it on the beacon board. The beacon. The beacon. We're lighting the beacons. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some uh, some stick some stick and puck. I don't know if that's the expression. Let's talk puck. How about that? The good old like hockey game. Better, huh? I like stick and puck better, but. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. Um, so we've been going through a series, and uh, we've been calling it the uh, twenty-four, not the forty-two game. Like I'm sure I, I gotta go back and look. Maybe I called it the forty-two game. At one Pearl place. Road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pearl Road. It's the Pearl Road game. Uh, no, we've been doing the twenty-four game, and it's been a ton of fun. And uh, what's inter- interesting is this is going to be—is this our first guest? Yes. Twenty-four game. It is actually. Is I it? Think. Minute, no, we, Ryan. We did it. Ryan. Ryan did. He did the NBA with us. Yeah, he did. He did the association. So, which is interesting. You figure we would have had him on for the NFL, but I, I, yeah. I, I would have played the ESPN uh, hockey theme, but uh, we're using my phone right now to have uh, Jordan on the podcast, so I can't do it. But. Where's Where's Melrose? Uh, sliding in on that greasy hair. Hey-o. 
so yeah, if if you haven't figured it out by now, we are going to do the twenty four game the NHL style. Ice cold. So we had some ice cold cuts last week, so we'll see if Ew. we get we get some this week too. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I can I can assume what the number one pick is going to be. I don't know, maybe I don't know. Mm. I don't know what Jordan's going to say, but since what? he's the guest, he's going to get the he's going to get the uh, choice first, second, or third. What he wants to do. We're not going to do snake style, so it's just you're going first, second, first. or third every every single ter- every single go around. Well, I was going to say if we're only eliminating eight and there's three of us. I go third, Someone, I lose so, pick. Yeah, so I right. think what's going to happen here is we're going to get to the eight, and then whoever has the last turn, I think, should get the opportunity to, if they want to take someone out and replace with another, they can. Okay. Oh. Any complaints? Honorable mention of Okay. Sport. So that means Jordan. now Jordan's going to want to go third. Uh, or is anchor if he wants to. Rules. What? See if, see if I disagree with one. Yeah. I'll go third. Okay. All right. So, so who's going first between as, me and you? Well, you went first last time. You Damn can go, it. You can do that again if you want. Or uh, oh, actually, no, you went second. Ah, I, I was first last. time. I will go first then because I okay. think I think mine is the easiest one ever. Should I? Okay. Before we do that, <laughs> should I mention who is on the provi- the provisional can't cut list? Yeah, this is Steve's can't cut list. Okay. So, Dan, are there are there any are there any the, like are there any like um, criteria for your can't like? Like they're on the can't cut list be because like teams of teams that have won many Stanley Cups or okay. just have unbelievable fan support. Yeah. Regardless of because I because I did the thing in the NBA of if you've won a championship, you're not. I'm not going to cut you. But that's because in the NBA, there's only there, there's only a there's only a fine a really finite amount of teams that have actually won an NBA championship. Yeah. Only like half the league has. Yeah. Like we got to the NFL last week, and I'm like, oh crap. And then I did what I did. Well, see, that's the thing. Dan immediately eliminated somebody that was on my can't cut list, which caused huge reverberations as we went through hey, the Hey, I'm an of agent it. of chaos. Yeah. So let's see chaos. if that happens again this week. So here were the teams that are on my cannot cut list for the NHL. Mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, Boston Bruins. We should just say all the Canadian New York, teams. New York Rangers, New Jersey Devils, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Chicago ah. Blackhawks. Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings, Colorado Avalanche, Calgary Flames, uh, Edmonton Oilers, Vancouver Canucks, and the L.A. Kings. Did you just name half the league? Pretty much. Fifteen teams. So we got it. So according to now, we don't have to be beholden to this. So. We don't have to be beholden to that. <laughs> yeah. But those are that's, the teams that's, I have. I can't. That's cut. As, as Steve sees it. So fourteen teams. All right. Let, let's get this going first. Um, Arizona Coyotes are are done. Mm-hmm. They're out. Goodbye. Get out. They're not. They're going to be playing in a college arena for the next like three, four years. I just heard of this story today because I I was uh, listening to the Biz interview on Pat McAfee show, and Biz works part time for the the Coyotes. Uh, I, I guess radio team, and uh, they were talking about it. What what what's happening there? Are they getting like kicked out of their arena? Yeah, part of it is that, like, the arena is outside of, because they were in Phoenix, and then this is actually out in Scottsdale, I want to say. Glendale, I believe. Glendale? Glendale, that's right. So that's part of the problem is it's just kind of out of the city, and I guess just with attendance and everything else, they've lost um, basically the rights to it. It's been a sticky situation. 
Um, and so, yeah, they're going to be actually playing at uh, Arizona State's 5,000 seat. Right. It's uh, it's arena. it's it's like they're playing at the BGSU Ice Arena. <laughs> now, I will say on the surface that sounds like a complete embarrassment, but if they're able to pack that arena, how what a crazy atmosphere that would be for an NHL franchise to be in a packed small intimate 5000 seat arena. That's where I go back and forth on it. Like, in because I listen to Chicklet, so I mean, they've had a lot of banter back and forth and, you know, yeah. ball busting on it. But it's one of those where I think if you did it right, I mean, obviously, part of the funny thing was they came out with the ticket prices and they yeah. said they like averaged it out across the league. And so the prices seem high. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, I mean, I guess that does create some demand. But then at the same time, I think, um, Biz did say that they are doing something for students to try to hopefully get more. Oh, that'll be cool. Students yeah. Involved. If, you know, it's on their campus, you would right. think that if you can get a big turnout of them and either put them in one section or figure out yeah. something to do that makes it more affordable, almost, I think that would be interesting. Almost. But I mean, it's like when we had that playoff game at, uh, at Iceland. Oh, yeah. Barons. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You know, you cram a bunch of people into a tight space, you make an awesome atmosphere. And and I think that's the Effing fun thing, kids. too, is that's what makes college hockey so fun. Oh, yeah. You're garbage, older. Exactly. Garbage. Goalie, sieve, goalie, sieve, goalie, sieve. Oh, I miss those days. Um, Yeah, I think <laughs> – and also, speaking of chicklets, I think uh, one of the reasons why I listen to chick- – I don't listen to all of them um, just because, like – I'm not a diehard hockey guy, but they're incredibly entertaining. I, I sometimes just listen for uh, the amount of times that Ryan Whitney will call somebody a Muppet. Oh, yeah. Because I think that's one of the greatest, like, insults of all time, just calling somebody a Muppet. It's like, how do you, like, what, it's, what do you, it's not derogatory, but it's like, how do you come back from that? Somebody just called you a Muppet. But uh, it's, it, it is a top tier. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think I'm going to start using that. Um,. <laughs> Okay, so that's the first pick. Uh, I take out the coyotes. Sorry, coyotes are gone. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see pick. a. You're gonna see a theme with with my picks. All right. By the way, unfortunate they have such good jerseys. They brought back the. Kachina oh, they do. They do. Oh man, those purple those purple sweaters with that, uh, almost like pixelated coyote. Oh, the retros. The oh, f- retros. oh that's fantastic. Got one of them. Oh yeah. All right, Steve's up. Okay, so second pick, and I think I'm going to take one away from Dan here. You bastard. This is maybe a slightly controversial choice because this team is actually the president's trophy winners for this season in the NHL. (laughs) Yep. Uh, They had the most points this season. I don't know how because they're usually pathetic, but uh, I'm talking about the the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. The I Panthers. This decision. This was on my list. The, so. the Panthers. Um, this, you know, are, they play in Fort Lauderdale. They're a team that, you know, again, it's a very transient community in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of retirees, which you know, some of them are from the Northeast and they like hockey. Yes, but you know, it's just, it's not a market that works really. And the team has yeah. been bad on the ice for usually. Now, granted, they have a very good team this year. Maybe we do this. Look at this again two months on if they win the Stanley Cup this year. Then maybe we need to reevaluate this. But it just doesn't look like a very good option when you look at all of the other totality of the rest of the where league. even is uh where are even where are the Florida Panthers in Florida Fort Lauderdale oh, okay got it 
So, so they're, they're, they're almost essentially Miami. Yeah. Okay. They actually used to play at the Miami Arena way back in the day, but they, they're new, newer <laughs> facilities in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So the Panthers are gone. They're the second choice. Uh, literally the best team in the league this year. Yeah. Goodbye. Well, I, they're not uh, quite falling the way that uh, the Lightning did um, against the Blue Jackets. But, yeah, for having the President's Trophy and coming in against the Caps, and they're tied two to two right yeah. now in the series. They, yeah, have not looked good. They're one of those teams that I think just relied a lot on flashy offense. And once you get to mm-hmm. the uh, playoffs, flashy offense does not always uh, fly. And uh, yeah. they're they're paying for it a little bit right now. Ducks fly together. <laughs> oh, was that a spoiler? No. Well, maybe I don't. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> No. That All was right. Not on the can't cut list. All right, Hoffy. Well, you noticed there was there was a team uh, that wasn't on that can't cut list. That's pretty close to home. Hey now, let's <laughs> take it easy. That's not, I'm not going to do it. But this is also the guy we did the NFL list, and he didn't have the Browns on the can't cut list. <laughs> he's just saying that he's fair and balanced. Oh all. yeah, yeah. Okay, he's the no spin zone. Yeah, he's the Bill O'Reilly of. Of uh, of the twenty four game, he does it live. Um, so you took two easy ones. And now I've got to look at some of my other ones that I was considering, and I think I am going to go with the Ottawa Senators. Whoa! They were one of my two Canadian most, franchises I didn't I have on the can't cut list. Most of Canada, you protected, or at the very least mentioned for their long, rich histories. <laughs> Um, the Senators have just always been that Canadian team to me that is just kind of like the also-ran little brother of Canada where their arena, again, much like the other teams that I feel like we've gotten rid of, is too far away from everything. Uh, Ownership has a tendency to not really take care of the fans and not really Mm. think about them. And the on-ice product just hasn't been there, and the history to me is just not there. So I'm yeah. going to have to get rid of the pesky Sens, I believe, as they went by a few years ago. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because like if, you, if you're if you just a casual fan, and I mean, I'll, I'll greatly admit I'm, I'm a casual NHL fan. I, I do love watching the NHL during the playoffs. I think it's some of the most entertaining um, television and sports that we have. But like if you're just a casual fan and somebody tells you, oh, the Ottawa Senators, like the fact that it's Canadian and their name is the Senators, like you'd think it would be like this rich – tradition tradition rich franchise um and like you said they they really i mean they're they're really not as far as like i mean if you're talking about like a winning tradition no i mean the closest thing that they have is the fact that their logo looked like marvin the martian for a long time that's true true. okay so ottawa is out precisely sir altitude that was very well done. Thank you. Where oh, it's me. It is Dan. to be an earth-shattering kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, let's see. Well, I said that there was going to be a uh, theme to mine. So, records this year be damned. <laughs> the Carolina Hurricanes are out. Really? Yeah. 
I have no I have no reason other than I just have a prejudice against southern hockey teams. <laughs> I just I can't get it through my brain that that teams that are in warm weather climates would be good at a game that's played on ice. I don't care that it's indoors. I don't this, know. This is the first of teams to be eliminated that has won a Stanley Cup previously. I was going to uh, say Actually, I think that's 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 one of the reasons why. If I remember, when was that? When did they win the the Stanley Cups? In the two, mid, uh, it was in the mid two thousands. Who did they beat? They beat Edmonton. I was gonna say it was one of those. Uh, as much as it pains me to say, as a fan of the NHL, it was a very who cares series. Um, yeah, I just I don't know what it is. It goes back to it goes back to when I was young. I just ca- I I can't get it through my mind that like I think that was the year after the strike. Was it not? Like it's for me, it, for me, it's, it's like, it's like warm weather climate hockey teams being good at hockey does not compute, does not compute, does not compute. <laughs> I was gonna say these past few years with the Lightning have to just be boggling your mind. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like I feel like I, I just feel like uh, well that and the fact that uh, they uh, they beat the the they beat the BJ's two years ago in the playoffs. That was the Bruins. Was it? Yeah. I thought they beat the Bruins. <laughs> Who did we beat in the first round? We beat the Lightning. Oh, beat the Lightning. Oh, it's, I'm a moron. See, it's the dyslexia then, coming back again. Yeah, so there was there was the historic sweep, and then with the COVID bubble, right, we right, qualified against Toronto to right. then rematch against the Lightning, and yeah, we're not up to the task. Yeah, I mean, the last two years, who who was up to the task against them? Yeah, it went back to back cups pretty easily. Something um, that was pointed out on a broadcast that greatly irritates me is they had a graphic of uh, Vasilevsky, the goalie, and uh, they had a stat where it was like, Vasilevsky, after a playoff loss, 15-0. and And it's one of those where I looked at it, and it stuck with me for a second. Yeah. And I was looking for qualifiers. There was none that I saw. Um, he lost, or he played three games after a loss and lost all of them against the Blue Jackets. So <laughs> a little bit of cherry-picking with that statistic of, you know, since then, he's yeah, 15-0. Right. Yeah, uh, it's it, yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, it, it's one of those, like, you know, how people will say, like, like talking about a baseball team that gets hot, they're like, oh, they're 25-2 and two in their last 27 games. I'm like, oh, well, that's after a four-game losing streak. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, like, where do you get 27 from? Yeah, I, 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 I get where you're coming from there. So we got Back 14. to your point, the only thing I can say in support of this is because the Hurricanes took away one of the greatest jerseys and logos, and that was the Hartford Whalers. Yes. So they moved from yeah. Hartford to Carolina. So for that reason, I will allow this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I will. It, it's, the, it's, the Ken, it's the Ken Jong uh, gif. I will allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> so we have got the Coyotes, the Panthers, the Senators, and the Hurricanes out. We're halfway through. <laughs> It is my turn now, and I, I think I already know who Dan's next cut's going to be. I'm, not, I'm not sure about Jordan. Uh, here's where you start to go between, okay, do you go after multi-city markets? Do you go after some of the recently expanded teams? Or do you go after teams that maybe aren't showing good fan support or haven't been good on the ice in a long time? So here, here's where it starts to get more difficult, and usually it is at this point in the 24 game. I... I'm going to eliminate the San Jose Sharks. Whoa! Ooh. The Sharks are a team that, and I'm, I'm don't I'm tell Tamu. Oh no, that's the Ducks. Never mind. I'm paraphrasing my brother Matthew on this. 
Nobody in the Bay cares about the Sharks. They're they're a team that, I mean, your brother yeah. your brother does live out there, so he it would just, know. It, it's kind of harsh taking the only team that's currently in San Jose away, but like, I, I don't know. I just the Sharks have never won a Stanley Cup. I think they've only made the finals once ever, and they lost to the Penguins. There you go. There's an assist, Dan. Uh, hey just Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. I mean, I for me, the fan support's the biggest issue. I just don't see the, the rabid fan base there that you see in the Northeast, in Canada, and in parts of the, the Midwest. I, I I don't see it. So Recently, it, no. I will say, at least from my earlier fandom, back when I was a Red Wings fan before the Blue Jackets existed, the San Jose Sharks were a thorn in the side of mm. the Western Conference. Yeah. They were that team that seemingly always made the playoffs in six, seven, eight, you know, made the cut, didn't have home ice advantage, and somehow, every year, they would knock off somebody impressive. And also... They always made me angry because as a younger kid trying to watch West Coast hockey games that start at 1030, it just didn't work out. So yeah. I'm torn on this because, yes, they do they do have the history. They did have one of uh, – possibly still do, at least during the playoffs. The Shark Tank is known as one of the loudest arenas or was. But, yeah, the, I, I view them as that team that had their chance, had a lot of really good years, and never cashed in. So I would say, yeah, for that reason, they probably deserve this. <laughs> and there's one other re- anecdote for why I'm cutting the Sharks. One of maybe the biggest travesty playoff game of recent memory was when the Sharks beat the Vegas Golden Knights in overtime, and they beat largely because of a one of the most bogus five-minute major penalties you will ever see, which completely changed the game around. Uh, led to, I think they got four goals on that five-minute. Oh, yeah major I just if you know what I'm talking about this was in 2019 in the first round I believe so major yeah uh, I do love that that is at least given the Golden Knights um, arrival mm. so there's a lot of bad blood between those teams oh. uh, at, at least I would think largely because of that incident mm. all right Jordan you are up <sighs> Or do I want to be well thought out and balanced? Mm. I am going to have to go. I will go in between. Hmm. Um, Kind of a surprise pick, I felt like, with the NFL. Um, And I'm going to eliminate another team from the market. That's going to be the Nashville Predators. That's who I thought Dan was going to knock out next. It actually wasn't. I actually, mm. I actually, for whatever reason, I have a soft spot for the Nashville Predators. I don't know why. I love their logo. They've, yeah, they've had some some good looking uniforms. They throw the catfish on on the uh, on the ice. Oh yeah, I mean they've got that southern flair, which I guess yeah, kind of surprises me. I would have thought going with your southern hockey logic. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked that. But uh, it goes back to when the Blue Jackets were in the Central Division and there were just some nasty games between the Blue Jackets and uh, the Predators. Um, always very physical, always a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, this was back in the early days of the Blue Jackets when it was more often than not the Predators just stomping them. And it was, it was hard because they were 
you know, a similarly aged, uh, you know, new team also comes to the fact that when I lived in Tennessee, um, when I moved from Columbus, that's when the Blue Jackets got a team mm. uh, in Columbus. And then when I moved to Tennessee, the Predators came around, but they were three hours away. So yeah. a little bit personal. Also just one of those teams, they, uh, you know, raising banners for things that don't deserve banners. Yeah. Um, I think it was what uh, the Stanley Cup appearance or, you know, uh, regular season that wasn't actually, I'm trying to remember what the banner was now. I feel like I should have done my homework a little better. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah. I don't that, ever do homework. So. I will take them out. Central Division champion. Yeah, that's not worth a banner. <laughs> winning winning your division in the NHL is not worth a banner. I completely see. I completely agree. Cavaliers were guilty of that for a number of years. I know years you, they, you and I. Before they combined. You're probably you're not probably not that far, but I know you and I have had have had knockdown drag out uh, arguments about uh, putting up conference championship conference banners. championship, which I, I even think, I think that's is, bogus. Which I disagree on that one. There's one. There are two banners that go up in arenas, in my opinion: retired numbers and world championships. That's it. You Mike, don't, you don't Mike see, Ford definitely agrees with me, but I think Andy agrees with you. You don't see the Boston Celtics putting up uh, Eastern Conference Championship banners, do you? They got 17 NBA titles. Exactly. So, so that know. should be the goal. <laughs> why put up anything? Why put up anything less? Hmm. So I, again, you know, we don't have to. We don't need to have that discussion again. But all right. So the Nashville Predators <laughs> are out. So. I, going back to last week's 24 game, the city of Nashville now has no. Whoops, my, that's my bad. Nashville now has no franchises. Oh, boy. That's all right. They're still Nash Vegas. I was going to say, it just leaves more room for bachelorette parties. Yep, bachelorette parties and uh, honky-tonk concerts. Who's up next? Me? It's you, Dan. <laughs> Coyotes, Panthers, Senators, Hurricanes, Sharks, and Predators are out. We got two more to get rid of. It's time for some chaos, boys. You guys ready? Oh, boy. Oh, agent of chaos. Goodbye. Get out. Out. Get out. Jordan's obviously going to put him back in. Uh, Agent of I'm Chaos. Very torn. I'm hey, very torn. he was a Red Wings fan. He has hate for the Pang for the Pangies. This is a very two-sided issue. And me. again, they were on my they were again, on my spiteful list. So I, I really I don't have any justification for doing this other than the fact that I hate that city. <laughs> I think it was just so you could play the soundbite, frankly. What soundbite? This one? Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh! That, that one? would be the one, and it's actually appropriate for ah. one of the first times ever. Right, because that, that was from an NHL playoff game, Washington Cap. That was the goal that uh, sent the Caps to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, I believe. The demons have been exercised. That's right. Steve's over there shaking his head. He's like, how the hell? It's, again, it's the balance between spite and reasonability. On That's the right. On the reasonability side, I'm looking at Mario Lemieux. I am looking Yager. at Yaramir Yager. I am looking Sid. at back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. I'm looking at 
Sid Crosby, Malkin, Kenny Malkin, uh, Mark Andre Fleury during yep. those years. The, the short tenure of Ryan Whitney. An, uh, you Muppet. An, an, arena, <laughs> an arena named the Igloo. I get it. It's all there. It's the history. I get it. Mm-hmm. But, but then on the other hand, it's Pittsburgh. I, 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 you know, I just... All right, give it to me, Steve. How big of a moron am I? I mean, you guys pretty much all just laid it out. I mean, just all that history, Stanley Cups from the 90s and from this past decade, all the great players that have come through. I mean, this this is sacrilege, total sacrilege. Oh, get the hell out of here, sacrilege. I agree with him. It's, it's chaos. I will give him that. I am an agent of chaos, all right? Just, you know, I don't have the golden buzzer, but, like, you know, Jordan got the golden buzzer. I was, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm Joker in the hospital in the nurse's outfit talking to uh, uh, Harvey Dean, or, uh, Harvey, Harley Harvey Dent. Oh. Just putting the gun in his hand and just saying, institute a little anarchy. Shake up the established order. Yeah. And I'm walking out of the, I make my pick. I hit the good morning, good afternoon, and good night uh, button to blow up the hospital. And I got to hit it like three or four times before it actually blows up. And that's what I did. That's what he did. Yeah. And I got Commissioner Gordon over here, Steve, wanting to rip my face off. Yeah, so eliminating the Baltimore Ravens last week, that was TNT. This is like a nuclear bomb by comparison. <laughs> like, this, this is like... I, I can't even. Would you rather I have eliminated the Philadelphia Flyers? Yes. Yeah. Well, they I don't. mean the Flyers have won two Stanley Cups and they made it to eight Stanley Cup Finals, but like they don't mean even they don't. They mean don't even they haven't been as strong a franchise historically. They as don't the mean anything to me. It's Pittsburgh. It's those colors. It's that stupid Yinzer accent. Just you know, call me call me Bane in Dark Knight Rises. I'm on Heinz Field. And I've just got done listening to the kids sing the national anthem, and I say to myself, that's a lovely, lovely voice. And then I just hit the button. Okay, so I should have seen this coming. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't. Um, anyway, so I've got the technical last pick here. Of course, Jordan has the golden buzzer if he wants to save one of these teams that we have eliminated. Don't do it. Um, or you could just decide to let it sit pat. So... I, you know, I'm thinking, okay, so if I really want to put Jordan in an almost in a really uncomfortable position, I would eliminate Columbus here. Oh, because, I think you would jump through that phone. Because, <laughs> I mean, but that's, that's... Actually, that would be sealing Pittsburgh's demise probably because he might save Columbus then. But, no, he uh, would save Columbus. Like, what, what do you think? What do you mean might? That's his team. I mean, that's like, save, you know, condemning one of the best teams to try to save one of the worst, quite frankly. But wow. Like, at least in, t- in terms of performance. Ouch. That's not to say that Columbus doesn't have a beautiful facility and great fans, because they do. Oh, here he goes, trying to save face. Uh, but I'm going to go West Coast again. Good boy. And I had two choices, basically. Did you mean the, Western Conference? Well, no, actually, no, I wasn't. Okay, so there were actually three possibilities in the West. One was the Vegas Golden Knights. What? I'm not. I'm not doing that to my mother's old pal, Kerry Boobles. I, the team president of the Golden Knights. I'm not doing that. I think the Golden Knights have have already earned their keep. Quite frankly, Um, another team is the Anaheim Ducks, who we briefly mentioned, but uh, 
they have a Stanley Cup. They don't you had dare. a whole movie franchise that, you know, basically uh, spawned their existence. It was our childhood. So I know Disney's not affiliated with them anymore, but it just I don't know, it just seems to fit to me. Don't make me Tabu Solani your ass. So I'm going to take the easy way out here. I'm going to eliminate the team that just joined the league, and that's the Seattle Kraken. Whoa! What the, What is going on? Why? Sorry. Gone. He took the easy we way out. We ain't got no history. That's what it is. Yeah, he's, he's, one of, he's one of these. He's one of these. Seattle's already got three other teams. They'll, actually, four. Blue so they'll be fine. Gestures. One of those. Unbelievable. One team just doesn't come back yet. They're in their first season. They're in their first season of of play, and they have the best like logo in sports. An S. <laughs> it is a stylized F. It's there. it's a it's a Kraken S. I'm, I'm sorry, Jordan. I just don't do letters very easily. <laughs> they also have a brand new arena, which is fantastic. Their colors are fantastic. Uh, they're terrible, but. They're in their first year, whatever. It, it's harsh in a sense that they haven't had really a chance to prove themselves yet. But, like, the opposite choice would have been to, like, eliminate somebody like the New York Islanders who have won four Stanley Cups but haven't been relevant in a long time. What do you mean? But they went like, to the they went to the conference finals last year. That's – well, you're, you're just telling me with a straight face you're not putting up a conference <laughs> final banner. So I didn't, say you, had to put up, I didn't say you had to put up a banner, but to actually get there – Okay, well, I would I would have got than... I would have gotten rid of the New York Rangers and their scumbag fan base. Mm. <laughs> All right, I would have done it just for Madison Square Garden being a hole. There you go. All right, Jordan. Well, All right, so are you saving we anybody? We got the Coyotes, the Panthers, the Senators, the Hurricanes, the Sharks, the Predators, the Penguins, and the Kraken. Golden buzzer time. You gotta at least give them a chance. I'm thinking it's one of those where, again, it's it's spite versus, you know, actually just looking at it as as for what it is. It, uh, it pains me to get rid of Seattle just because, you know, you don't, you don't like to cut somebody too quick. Um, don't don't say, do it. Don't I do don't it. I don't think I have a good replacement, so I am going to uh, – you know, close the box on the veto, and I will. I will let the uh, selections roll. Wow. Okay. Yes. All right. So no, no more penguins. Dan has pulled his biggest coup yet. Yes. <laughs> I knew one of the sports was going to lose the penguins, or not the penguins, a Pittsburgh team. Pittsburgh's uh, lost two. Lost two. I feel like the Pirates were just too easy of an answer. Now they should legitimately be gone. Yeah. Yes, I, I had no problem with that. I knew, I knew between the Steelers and the Penguins, they were not both going to go unscathed. So this does not surprise me. You know, I, you know, uh, didn't make the list. Surprisingly, I will agree with the Knights, the Vegas Knights being on the board for Steve, only because I just feel like they were too successful too fast. So it would almost be humorous for them to have had the success they did, miss out on it, and then not exist anymore. <laughs> as hard as it would be for me, because I do appreciate having the team in Vegas and yeah. the fun that they've actually really brought uh, with them. They are in the playoffs this year, Ro. Well, does that really mean anything? You eliminated the, the, the heart 
uh, trophy. Uh, uh, hey, this this year's playoffs hasn't hasn't finished yet. I mean, they True. could get on. No, they, you never know. I was gonna say the Knights were not in there this year. They missed. Oh, they the were not. I think the first time in franchise history, as long as that's been. You know who didn't get eliminated? By the skin of our teeth, it sounds like. Yeah, I know. Steve was. Steve had the axe. He was like. He was like the uh, the executioner in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, about ready to take out a uh, Buckbeak. But uh, the Blue Jackets live to fight another day. Stinger's gonna come after you, buddy. That's right. He's gonna sting you. Stinger shouldn't have any reason to come after me. They're good. <laughs> and we all know it how much Steve hates well. bees. Oh, I don't like bees. All right. That's uh, well, nobody really likes bees, but. Um. <clears throat> All right. Speaking of the Blue Jackets, quick uh, season recap for for uh, for the CBJ um, and an outlook on uh, next year. Well, um, I hate to come on here and say that for <laughs> once I was actually right because I feel like every time I'm on here with my season predictions, they're uh, usually wildly inaccurate. Whoops. But I feel like this year was actually one of those where uh, I don't know if it's just because my expectations were lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I just didn't want to give myself too much hope. But uh, this year actually played out a little better than I thought, uh, but not quite good enough to get us into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. for a team that was as young as we are, uh, under new coaching leadership, under a new uh, core of players bringing in a bunch of younger uh, players, this team had its ups, uh, had its downs, but certainly – was one worth watching. Uh, I think that was kind of uh, almost a mirror to the Cavs. Yeah. The fact that yeah. they they started out and you got a lot of hope. You you saw what was going on and saw, oh, man, if we can just sustain this, this would be crazy. This would be awesome. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of falls back down to earth. And mm-hmm. the East itself was crazy this year. Uh, all the teams that made the playoffs from the East had 100 points or more. Uh, the Blue Jackets and I believe one other team uh, that fell just out of the wild card were sitting around like 82, 84 points. So there was like a 16-point differential from the last team into the first team out in the hmm. East. So the top eight in the East were just not going to be caught. Um, some high points that you do get from this season is that uh, this was a team that certainly played by committee. Uh, you didn't have too many... Um, players that just far and away were the best. Uh, you had six players who had career high points, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Zach Wierenski, Jack Roslovic, who I think was one of the real surprises of the season, um, really catching fire. Um, <laughs> if any of the listeners are on Reddit, I am the guy that does the Jack Roslovic uh, copy pasta uh, every time he scores a goal. It's a long, rambling, uh, Chuck Norris facts type thing um about jack roslovic uh mostly just based on the fact that he was one of the first players that they talked about being from columbus Mm. um playing for the blue jackets and so like every game they would talk about like yeah he looked up to these players when he was playing and now he's one of them and so going off of that fun thing uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, Sean Corrali, another uh, Dublin native, actually just outside of Columbus, and uh, Eric Robinson, 
Uh, 12 players had 10 or more goals, so scoring by committee. And the, one of the notable uh, players was uh, Cole Sillinger, who's actually only 18. He was wow. the uh, a draft pick, made the team from the draft, um, and scored 16 goals this year, uh, looking like a very bright part of the Blue Jackets' future. Uh, notable was also Gus Nyquist, who had 18 goals, uh, missed pretty much the entirety, if not all, of the last season, uh, recovering from an injury and surgery. Uh, he also had four shorthanded goals, um, which I think was second in the league. So uh, just a nice veteran presence to have that, uh, you know, coming off of an entirely missed season, you weren't sure how he was going to bounce back, and he certainly came back uh, scoring, which was nice. Also, the joke, again, on Reddit, uh, he's one of the only players on the Blue Jackets that seems to be able to hit an empty net when uh, the other team pulls the goalie. So it's always nice to have your empty net threat uh, back. <laughs> Easy way to ice the game when you've got somebody that can do that. Yeah. Um, was there um, was there but, any anybody uh, that came up from the Monsters that had uh, any sort of uh, big impact this year for the for the Blue Jackets? Oh goodness. Um, Sorry, I don't mean to put you on the spot there, but just trying to tie into the Cleveland vibes. I was going to say, I don't know that there were very many that had a huge impact. I'm going to look like a terrible fan now. if I. No, sorry. That's my fault. Um, I should have asked you that before we started. Just because one of the unfortunate reasons, um, just in injuries and stuff, we did have a lot of players come up. Uh, Goaltending was one of those spots at one time. Corpusalo and uh, Elvis Merzlikens were both injured, so we were all the way down to uh, Jet Greaves, which is also one of the Jet Greaves, very nice. names I've ever heard. He uh, yeah. dressed for a game, did not play. Um, Gret Jeeves, don't he... call me Ask Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> don't be hating on Jet. Oh, I'm not. Hey. I was going to say, the, the Blue Jackets goaltending room has some amazing names. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Ruby, actually, um, speaking of goaltenders, um, let's see, Jean-Francois Berube. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, oui, oui. He, I believe, for the most part, has been with the Monsters, but due to injuries, was called up this year and actually carried uh, carried the team to, I want to say, three or four wins where he was the starter and uh, actually played very well for the uh, quick time that he was brought up. Does he year. feel like a monster? I, I feel like a monster. Easy there, Skillet. That's right. <laughs> uh, speaking of young people, though, um, the Blue Jackets were one of the youngest teams and had 10 players make NHL debuts. Wow. Um, again, uh, touting the success of hockey in Ohio, names like Carson Meyer, who played at OSU, or was he Miami? It's killing me now. I did not do my research. Ohio State. So, yes, an OSU Buckeye. Um got called up toward the end of the season, made his debut. Kent Johnson, uh, University of Michigan, uh, draft pick uh, for the Blue Jackets, uh, actually scored as well. Um, so the future's looking bright for the younger guys that we were able to bring up um, and just 
having a team that was that young kind of exceed expectations, especially with injuries and mm-hmm. uh, under a new coach and really an entirely different system. This team looked completely different than the teams previously under John Tortorella, hmm. who had more of a defense first, um, you know, counterattack style right. uh, game plan. This team was freewheeling back and forth, high risk, high reward. Um, and when you've got young guys that are learning how to play that way, it can give them confidence. You know, yeah, the season maybe didn't go the way you wanted it to, but if they're starting to learn, you know, hey, you've got the skill to do this. Believe in yourself. And, you know, yeah, we might give up a few, but we're going to score more. And, uh, you know, it just leads to hopefully good things for the future, you would think. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Uh, seems uh, sounds like a uh, bright. F- probably still some bumps in the road in the next couple years, but uh, definitely sounds like a bright future. Um, I still need to get. I, I haven't been down to a Blue Jackets game in so long. I need to get down there for one. I was gonna say it would probably be one of the seasons to do it. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. Unfortunately, with success comes you know higher ticket prices and more demand. But very true. You got a down. You got a down year, and then you're coming back from that, and you got a some questions to answer you do get uh, the opportunity to see some good hockey for a little bit less um i would say one of the bigger things that uh, has been a talking point uh patrick line the 24 year old um one of the best players that uh, the blue jackets have seen started to turn it on toward the end of the year had some ups and downs during the year as a restricted free agent going into it but the front office uh yarmo kekalainen john davidson and line himself have basically all been talking about how, you know, all signs are pointing that he's going to stay. Hmm. Um, it's just, you know, term, money, all the fun contract negotiation stuff. But right. one of the biggest knocks on the Blue Jackets has been their, you know, inability to keep superstars in town. Um, so Patrick Line could be one of the, you know, one of the first ones that you see that, uh, you know, uh, given the opportunity uh, is choosing to stay and, I guess it'll probably depend on what that contract looks like if uh, that'll break the mold. Almost uh, like a Jose Ramirez type deal, like what we like what we just saw with the Guardians. Exactly. Yeah. Where you finally see the team spend a little bit of money on on some of their own players, but at the same time, he took a far less than market value contract. Hey. Sometimes so. if you find yourself in the right position, it's less about the money and more about uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, where absolutely, for sure. So um, let's uh, let's let's kind of uh, wrap, put a bow on this episode with uh, you know the NHL playoffs are are going on right now. Uh, who do we see lifting the cup when it's all said and done? It is tough. Um, I've got the bracket up in front of me right now. Um, if you want to go chalk, I would say the easiest thing to say would be the Colorado Avalanche. That's what uh, I was thinking. The only team that swept their first-round opponent and actually looked like they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, coming in against, you know, you know, they're the, they were the best team in the West, and they took care of you know, the second wild card, uh, Nashville predators who don't exist anymore, uh, quite easily. (laughs) And the best part though, about hockey, at least looking at this graphic is just the crazy parody you can get. Cause you've got the Carolina hurricanes who are also playing a wild card team. They're tied in the series two to two. They're also gone. You've got, 
the Florida Panthers, who were also the President's gone. Trophy. They're tied with the Capitals 2-2. Two to two. So you've got one team out west that looks like this unstoppable juggernaut, and then you've got all the rest of these teams that seem like either, you know, they just didn't come in ready for the playoffs or the matchup was a little tougher than they expected or just the fact that once you get into the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. So do you think the easy answer would probably be the abs, but yeah. I would not be surprised by really any of these teams. Um, do you think, uh, do you think the, the penguins have one more run in them this year? Uh, it's hard. They're on their third string goalie right now. So yeah. I think part of that is just going to be whether or not they can get one of their two, uh, you know, main goaltenders, and their path is murky at best. But, They're playing the uh, Rangers right now, aren't they? You yes. know, it's you have one three of games to where as long as you've got Crosby and Malkin, you never know. Yeah. Because especially Crosby seems more focused than ever, either just kind of looking at it as like, I don't know what next year is going to look like because I know that they're looking at uh, – salary cap and contracts and everything like that. So you don't know what the makeup of the team is going to look like. So right. You can get a little bit of that carrying you. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, the former Penguin, now playing in uh, Minnesota has looked good for coming in, and they gave him the net the wild. to start the playoffs, which was uh, kind of an interesting move. Yeah. But they're tied up with the Blues 2-2 two to two right now. So it's uh, one of the best pageants. I think the in sports, I would say, is I, this playoffs. <laughs> I think the um, I think the Penguins need Wit and Biz back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, it is one of my favorite parts. In addition to the Muppeting, is every time he'll bring up the the trade for Latang. <laughs> I don't know. I think they kind of made a mistake because I think Latang made a made some sort of turnover that cost them a goal or the game against <laughs> the one game that they've lost so far. He's like, I don't know. I feel like they kind of made a mistake in trading for him. <laughs> Oh goodness! Oh, that that's such a great podcast, man. I you know what I I love watching their uh their sandbagging video or is it sandbagging? Is Sand, it? Sandbaggers. Sandbaggers, where they go out and golf against uh, NHL uh, players. Oh, oh that's yeah. fantastic. Blue Jackets. Uh, Zach Wierenski was called. Uh, they they had beef with apparently what one of his drops or something from. Oh really. <laughs> He had, to, he had to drop a ball or something from hitting it out, and they, they didn't like what he did. Or, I must have uh, missed that one. It was sketchy, and it, I don't know if it cost them the uh, sandbagger or not, but uh, it gets brought up occasionally. Yeah. Huh. Um, Steve, who do, you, who do you see coming away with the cup? So I'm going to say that it is a team that Dan eliminated, <laughs> but it's not the Penguins. I have a fashionable really? choice out there. Uh, there's a team I actually kind of do like out of this. Well, mix. I'll tell you this much. It's not the Coyotes. <laughs> no, which leaves the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, you bastard. And, I, you know, you got to pick somebody. And, I, quite frankly, I I don't know. I just have a feeling about the Hurricanes. They, you know, if they get by Pittsburgh, I really do think their their path is really nice looking to come out of the East. Well, I'll be rooting for and, them to, to, to beat Pittsburgh. You know, I don't know if Tampa Bay's got one more run left in them, but, like, I mean, I guess because I'm not buying Florida. I mean, for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned earlier, Jordan. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take Florida so. then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. To be a contrarian. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, 
Yeah, I like the Hurricanes. I like Jordan Stahl. I like Nito Niederreiter. Uh, I, they've got some other guys on the roster that are like, looks like kids of players that I I know from years ago, like Jack I want to be completely. And, I'm gonna want. I want to be completely uh, honest. Do you know Max who those Domi? players are? Well, Nino Niederreiter had a walk off in a game seven before when he was playing for Minnesota. So <laughs> okay. I mean, I just wanted to. I so just, yeah. yeah. I just wanted and to make Jordan sure. Stahl, I, actually, Jordan Stahl has one of those too. I just wanted LA to make Kings. sure you weren't just looking at your he's phone at the roster, being like, "Yeah, this guy's good." Jordan Stahl's captain. He's a Stanley Cup champion. He won I, I two feel cups like with you're the Kings. Someone out though. Uh oh. Says you're leaving somebody oh, out. Hmm. The Russian. I don't know who that is. It's uh, Jordan Martinuk is one of the players for the Hurricanes, and early in uh, Svechnikov's career just started a pregame ritual of just screaming his name in his face <laughs> as he's going to the ice. If you YouTube it, I'm sure there's uh, have to do that. compilations of just Jordan Martin getting in his face and just screaming Mr. Svechnikov. <laughs> he's only 22. He's a right winger. Um, I wish I wish there I wish we were smart enough and had the technology back then to uh, take videos of you screaming at uh, Olver from Northern Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and telling him how much he sucked and how much he was garbage. Skate, 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 turn. <laughs> oh my God, it's the, that was the best. That was the absolute I mean, best. When a Toledo student is the loudest person. Hey in man, the- hey, you know what? Those were some lean ass years for our <laughs> hockey program. Lean so ass years. One of the highlights of my career was getting Frida Falcon to give me the middle finger. <laughs> hey, uh, literally, uh, BG's BG's hockey program almost got twenty four gamed uh, while we were there as students. the The outgoing president, uh, Dr. Carol Cartwright, wanted to cut the program because they were hemorrhaging so much money. And this was not without precedent because she had already cut the program at Kent State years ago. Yeah, she is not a hockey fan. But uh, but we were saved. Uh, thank thankfully due to uh, our large uh, NHL um, alumni base, and uh, the program was saved. And uh, they've been, they had a down year this year, but they've been pretty good the last the last handful of years. Uh, they made an NCAA tournament appearance, and uh, they've been they've been right there in the conference tournament. And that is actually that started somewhat <laughs> of a tradition at PG because they tried to cut the baseball program a few years later. And that program was also saved through a yeah. huge influx of donor donation. Yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, all right. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go chalk. I'm gonna go with the Avalanche. Um, not that I've been watching them too terribly closely, but um, any sort of hockey coverage that I actually that I watch or I or I listen to or I hear about, um, everybody is saying that the Avs just look just look cream of the crop this year. So um, they were really good last year. And uh, they look like they've just gotten even better. So um, it's chalk, I guess. So, but I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Avs. Uh, it's hard to. It's hard to root against that. I mean, which kind of hurts power, because because their like power play has been just right. Godly. I mean, like like Jordan before before the Blue Jackets were were a thing. I was a Red Wings fan, and one of the biggest Red Wings rivals uh, in the '90s was the Avalanche. So fight night at the Joe. That's right. So uh, yeah, I don't really have very fond memories of the Avalanche, but uh, but I guess you know you can't you can't deny the talent. So that's what I'm going with. But uh, but yeah. So um, I think that's pretty much gonna do it for us. 
Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you, you uh, thought we needed to cover tonight, Steve? I mean, if you, unless if you wanted to mention uh, Serie A title race. That AC Milan is 180 shit. minutes away from a Scudetto. So mm-hmm. if you follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm obnoxious about uh, AC Milan on game days. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Massive win against Hellas Verona this past Sunday. After, go, a, after getting a goal taken away and then a, going a goal down in the first half, Tied the game right uh, on a stroke at halftime and then just completely dominated in the second half. So uh, two tough games to fi- finish out the season uh, against Atalanta, and then, which is at home, and then uh, finishing the season at Sassuolo. I'm hoping that Inter drop points this week because if they draw, AC Milan can clinch the Scudetto at San Siro on Sunday with a win, and uh, that would be ideal. What is interesting, though, is uh, – the last game of the season, two weeks. If AC Milan gets a draw and a and a win out of these last two games, it doesn't matter what Inter does; they win. Scudetto. So, assuming that they do that, Inter on the final uh, match day plays at home. There are plans uh, by the city and AC Milan to essentially turn the stadium over from an inter-looking stadium to AC Milan within like an hour's time so that the team can just drive back on the bus and then they're just going to flood the stadium with AC Milan fans that day Hmm. and have a celebration at the stadium if they're able to win the Scudetto. So that's going to be insane. They're they're literally going to end the inter game and start preparing celebrations. Yeah. And usually that takes a week, that takes a couple days because, you know, they alternate. You know, when you share a stadium, you alternate home dates. Right. So, um, yeah, they're going to immediately change it over. And when I say change it over, like the the tunnels, which have inter signage all on them, have to be changed over. Uh, they have to change over the seats on the benches. They have to, they have to do a lot of things. So uh, it's going to be interesting uh, if, uh, if AC Milan is able to pull it off. Um, how they're going to do that. So I'll tell you crazy. what, if I was on the changeover crew at the San Siro, I'd be rooting for a Sassuolo win over Milan so I wouldn't have to do anything. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm glad I eliminated the Penguins, all right? <laughs> Jackass. You even, put that in, even put that into the ether. <sighs> I know where you live, so if, so if Sassuolo do beat Milan... Yeah. What are you gonna do? Oh, yeah. This, 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 don't don't worry. I'll do something. Um, Harvey Dent. Yeah, I'm gonna institute a little anarchy. <laughs> All right, so that's gonna do it for us on this episode of uh, Living Off the Land, episode two ten. I want to thank Jordan for coming on with us. Appreciate you giving us your your hockey knowledge, and uh, that that was fun. That twenty four game was fun. So this has been a fun little series. Credit to Steve for coming up with this. But uh, yeah. thanks, Jordan. I appreciate it. Uh, any any final words? Go Jackets and uh, just hoping for as much hockey as we can get out of these playoffs. Cause yeah. If you got a seven-game series, you might as well go to all. Playoff hockey is just a blast. It's an absolute blast. It's also a blast in person. Unfortunately, we don't have that here. I mean, we have the, we have the, the, the monsters, but um, – They didn't make the AHL playoffs this they year, did unfortunately. Not. They did not. They did not, so – um uh appreciate it uh i'm dan steve jordan 
Uh, you can follow us on social media at the LOTL Podcast, and we will catch you guys next week. See ya. Bye.